This is Victoria Schnips, president of Schnips Media. And today we are doing our Power Woman podcast. And I am so delighted to be interviewing Liz Newmark, the chair and founder, and whose first baby was great performances. <laughs> Welcome, Liz. Would you talk to us about your baby? Yes, I will. And, and I hope my subsequent babies aren't listening because they might take umbrage at that. Um, <laughs> I, it, 40 years ago, which is 1980, so quite, a, quite an auspicious occasion of 2020 to celebrate our 40th anniversary of great performances. Congratulations. Started, thank you. We started as a waitress service for women in the arts. Mm. So uh, I wanted to be the next Annie Leibovitz, and this was a way to break into some very flexible part-time work in a field that was really um, completely male-dominated. You know, nobody mm. had a female bartender. All the high-end uh, restaurants were were all men, and we had a merry little group of twelve women. And we thought, let's get all the work we need to. Some wanted to be artists and writers and sculptors, dancers, singers. And, uh, and that's how we were born. And that really speaks to our name, Great Performances. Artists so what inspired you personally to create that? What happened well, in your life that happened? Well, I needed, I needed a flexible job because I, I studied urban studies, political science. I'm a Barnard girl. And I did, just said, no, I'm not going to do that. I, I want to be a photographer. And uh, I needed, I got fired from my job. <laughs> That's a whole nother story, another podcast. And I was looking for flexible work and restaurant work then was really scuzzy. You know, you talk about the audition couch, you know, as, 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 I'm not doing that. So we had this model of temporary part-time flexible work for women. And that's how we started. You know, fast forward two years later, we built a kitchen because our clients who were hiring staff said, oh, by the way, can you bring the food? And we integrated and we brought in boys because we recognize the power of diversity. Ah, I like the way you did it opposite to most people. <laughs> Gender balance is good as long yeah. as there's more women than men. Right. And, uh, <laughs> such, a, such a different rhythm. And, uh, and we just kept growing. I'd say today we are the largest independent catering company probably in the country. You know, we have Congratulations. To, we have to say pre-COVID because that's sort of upended, you know, the entire hospitality industry, of course. But we will we will reassume that mantle. So you've been very creative in building this business. How have you, shall I use the word that people pivoted <laughs> to survive during this crazy time we're living in? Yeah, well, that was quite a pivot. And that's one of those words we want to never use again uh, yes. when we're out of this. You know, we're we're really embedded in so much of New York's fabric. So as the city was uh, starting to shut down and emergency plans were made for a lot of the feeding programs, uh, we were there in the room where it happens, so to speak. And we, you know, we, we knew that the city was taking all the seniors and closing the senior centers and needed to feed them at their homes. Uh, so to add about 80 to 100,000 more stops for the city, and then they were starting the Get Food program, and they were looking for people to help them. And, you know, our DNA is we say, yes, we always mm -hmm. say, yes, we can do this, we can solve this problem, we can, we can deal with this challenge. And we said, yes. And I would say in the few months between 
uh, late March and November, we produced over 3 million meals for the city. Oh my goodness, that is a story. Yeah. So I, I, I must have somebody be interviewing you for my AM New York, because that is a great story. So let me ask you, what was your inspiration as a child? I mean, this takes a lot of creativity, innovation. Who were your role models growing up? Well, I, I will tell you, <laughs> you know, I'm in the food business and my mother never cooked till all four of us uh, grew up and moved out of the house. So it's... it's <laughs> It really, sounds familiar. I like that woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm envious. But, you know, we didn't start in the food business. We started in hospitality. And, and we have a saying at GP that life happens around food. Mm. So it's really that experience. So when I think about the two sides of, of what I do, I think about there's a business side and then there's our product. Our product is hospitality. And I grew up in a home, multi-generational home, where it was all about hospitality. It was all about inviting people to the table, uh, you know, traditional West Side Jewish home. Maybe there were 10 people coming to my grandparents on a, on a Friday night and there would be food for 20 people. Right. I and love it. It was about the conversation and politics and civic life. And, and, and that had an enormous imprint you know, on me. And of course, I was a political science major and, and um, I feel... Fast forward, you know, that, that there's so much that happens around food when we think about social justice and politics and all that. Mm. So there's a very high-end nature and, and comfort and delicious about food, but it, it really infuses everything that happens in life. So that's a very roundabout answer. Well, but I think it's very direct that, you know, you grew up in a home where this was part of your life hospitality of having people, you know, surrounding you and having that kind of warmth and that feeling that obviously felt good enough to want to make that your career. In this, right, right. In this but business. There's a, and there's this other side, which is, you know, I'm in business, you know, I, I've got to look at balance sheets, and do we do projections and sales and cost control. And um, half of my family were lawyers, and the other half were small businessmen. Okay. And, uh, my great grandfather actually was on the Lusitania when it went down. Oh, he was a diamond dealer. Oh. So his son, my grandfather, stepped in, and my father went into business with his father. And the the diamond industry was a business that was built on relationships and handshakes, mm -hmm. and that had such a profound effect on what I thought businesses were. It wasn't, you know, I mean, yes, it was about negotiation uh, and I'm sure they negotiated like crazy, mm -hmm. but it was also about trust and that handshake. When I give someone my handshake and I say, I'm gonna do something, that's my contract. And, and we do sign contracts and, and, and everybody. Yes. Says, but it just goes to um, a way of doing business. And, yes. and that has always, you know, sort of, uh, inspired me and and it's like a north star well you know being in business and being so successful um, I know you've stretched your arms out and embraced other worlds within the world that we're living in New York is your hometown mm -hmm. um, and I know you're on the chair of the Hudson Square bid tell us about the work you do when you're not working working <laughs> your other work your other, other work you know um, you know what I say is after all these years, if all I did was was feed the most privileged New Yorkers, it would have been enough a long time ago. 
but from where we sit, we have a great view on on the entire city and, and all the neighborhoods and all uh, the different components of, of, of what constitutes a New Yorker. So in addition to Hudson Square Bid, I'm on the board of a, uh, a wonderful organization, the Fund for Public Housing. Mm-hmm. We are looking at addressing the lives of particularly right now focusing on youth in public housing, one in 15. So the NYCHA buildings that are being scan- are scandals of, uh, of existence? You know what? Let's look ahead. We have a great new chair for NYCHA with a brilliant oh, for the future. So I feel NYCHA and diversity is so critical to the health of our city. I also launched a uh, founded a nonprofit called the Sylvia Center. Yes, tell me about that. How did that come to me? I found an organization called Life's Work for Children with Disabilities. So when I saw that you did this, Sylvia, I wanted to hear so much more about it. Well, as your organization is inspired by your child, so so is mine. So uh, Sylvia was my youngest, the youngest of four, who uh, passed away uh, about 16 years ago, very unexpectedly. And this was a gal who wanted to be a helpful human, and I was going to give her that legacy she would have created. The Sylvia Center, that was her name, uh, teaches children from the most at-risk communities, at risk for illness really related to diet, diet-related diseases, obesity, diabetes, and we teach them how to cook. Mm. And we teach them the building blocks of a healthy meal. And... Uh, when you where have you focused this because that's such a critical uh, oh it's huge influence on oh huge so we started it up at the farm Mm -hmm. that's why we bought the farm in in 06 to be home to now is that in uh, what county that is the uh kinderhook how did you name it kachki farm kachki (laughs) is it kachki yeah, I, I, I like to I like to tell people it was an Indian tribe, but it's really not. No, I can't no, fool no. you, Ms. Schnapps. Kachki, uh, it was just a, a it, it literally it means duck in Yiddish. And that was just a term of endearment I gave my son when he was handed to me. He looks nothing like a duck. He's very handsome. <laughs> but I told him I would name a project after him. And hence, we named the farm Kotchke Farm. Oh. Uh, and it's a working, beautiful, it's a 60-acre property. It's gorgeous. We, what county is it? Uh, Columbia County. Oh, yes. 30 minutes south of Albany, right near right. 10 minutes outside near of Hudson, Copake New York. Lake? Is Copake yes, Lake, it's is near it Copake. Right? Yes. Lake Copake. Yes. I used to be <laughs> dear friends who had a big place over there. Yeah. Well, you know, everybody who's leaving New York, they're either going out up to the island or they're coming up to Columbia County. Yes. Um, it's beautiful up there. Vibrant County. But we, so it's, it's based, we have a two acre children's garden on the farm where kids plant and we cook outside in an open air uh, field house. But years ago, we got funding from uh, the Bloomberg administration, Mayor's mm-hmm. Fund, to go into public housing. Oh, great. And we are in community centers in all five boroughs working with children after school, which is Oh, what an impact. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's a great story also for us to be able to cover because this is a, uh, we own family magazines. We own New York Family, Queens Family, Brooklyn Family. So are you uh, serving the whole city then because of yeah. the NYCHA housing being all over the city? Yeah. Yeah, and now Wonderful. of course we're virtual, so we get people tuning in from Texas to these oh. these online classes, and it's amazing. You know, kids learn by doing. Yes, 
And to see the camaraderie, a group of, you know, eight to 15 kids in a kitchen, uh, and then we sit and we eat together with the students at the end of the class. And, you know, for a lot of kids, that's a new experience, sitting down as a community and eating. Um, yes. So it's, 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 it's so beautiful. Um, what else do I do? Well, I guess I know the bid is something that is very important because I believe that the bids are keeping neighborhoods clean, safe, oh, yeah. uh, embracing small businesses that are existing there. Uh, I think that whomever created the bids, I know the landlords pay the fee, the tax right. to be part of it, but I think they have saved neighborhoods. So, you know, yours particularly- It transforms, it, 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 you know what, it takes a neighborhood and makes it a community. Yes. And, and there's so many tensions between landlords and rents and tenants and, and mm -hmm. how to create uh, in a neighborhood a shared vision for what it should be and how it, how it should, should evolve. And it's been interesting in Hudson Square because I always say Hudson Square was like a little Midwestern town. There was zero density, no high rises. <laughs> Chances are you knew everybody you passed on the street. And then over the course of the last 10 years, we've sort of been discovered. Disney's building there, Google's there. We have some incredible communication companies and tech companies. And how do you not kill the goose that laid the golden egg? Mm -hmm. you know, so you have to really uh, deal with landlords and make sure that, that, that we have a vision that keeps a neighborhood unique. Because, you know, we've seen what happens in neighborhoods where it's all big box stores. And if you ask me, that takes the heart and soul out of a out of a community. Um, well, I think you have been able to bring your heart and soul into many communities, whether it be through the Sylvia uh, program, the Sylvia Center, or your work on behalf of NYCHA, and then your wonderful growth of great performances. Uh, tell me what kinds of secrets to success you might share with our listeners. Uh, okay, and and if I identify any good ones, I'm going to try to act on them. Um, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think you've already I, done that. You've been there, done that. I give you perfect freedom to to brag and to be able to recommend to people. No, you've you lived know, the life. You've walked the walk. It's always a uh, a learning experience, and I think I think that's really important to always be learning. As as I feel, I'm always learning. You know, you need thick skin. You need to you need to know what you need. You need to know if you're going to need money because finances is, is is a huge make or break situation that a lot of a lot of businesses face. From my perspective, I always try to surround myself with a team that's smarter, more flat, you know, just just really open to new ideas and not afraid to try things, not afraid to fail. Failure, you know, we we learn so much more from failure than we do success. I think keeping that sense of curiosity is really important. When you lose your curiosity, you may as well just stay home. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the challenges we face, the world is changing at such an incredibly rapid pace. And the only way to, to, to keep up is, is really either to be you know, surrounded by these experts who are your colleagues and to, to embrace change, to, to, to be curious, to learn. It's, it's a never ending learning experience. Well, I do think that if ever that advice was needed, embracing change is now because we are in a unique period of history. I'm delighted to have been able to chat with Liz Newmark, the chair and founder of Great Performances, 
who has shared both her life's journey, her great success, and her ideas for how to be successful. Thank you and good seeing you. See you again soon. Thank you, Vicki, for welcoming me. And I look forward to many more conversations.